Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. But once we understood that and we could talk about it, not talking about it as if we're throwing dodgeballs at one another, but instead talking about it because this is where our situation is, what adjustments can we make? You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, in the past two years, many of us have found ourselves experiencing a lot more togetherness than ever before. And this is due to the fact that a lot of us have moved to having both spouses working at home, uh, whether that's permanent or for a season. Maybe we're dealing with retirement, working from home, or even running a business together. But the reality is, for many of us, as a couple, we're finding ourselves spending what feels like a lot of time together. And we're not always doing that well. So what do we do when all that time together feels so challenging? (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today. So recently, Mark and I had the opportunity to talk with Cynthia Rukti. She is the author of a book called Spouse in the House. And she really looks at how do we handle all that togetherness and how can we do it better. So we had the conversation um, as a video interview for our No More Perfect Marriages date night members. Uh, But it was such a rich conversation that I decided that I really wanted to share it here on the podcast as well. So listen in as Mark and I and Cynthia talk about how to rearrange our attitudes to make room for each other. So in the past two years, many of us have found ourselves experiencing a lot more togetherness than ever before. Yep. You uh, think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like a, a, a pandemic or... Oh my goodness. There's been a lot of changes, retirement, pandemic for you and I working together even more. It's been a lot. And, you know, I mean, really a lot of spouses are working from home. And so Mm -hmm. whether we're dealing with retirement or working from home or running a business together, husbands and wives can find themselves spending what may even feel like too much time together. (laughs) So what do we do with all that together time? And how do we, um, how do we handle it when it starts to feel 
so challenging. And that's really what mm. we're going to talk about today. Our guest is Cynthia Rukti, and Cynthia is a speaker, a literary agent, and the author or co-author of over 30 books. Okay, that makes me tired. Right. Um, <laughs> including one that we're going to talk about today, Spouse in the House. And I love the subtitle, Rearranging Our Attitudes to Make Room for Each other. So welcome, Cynthia. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much. It is a joy and a privilege to be here. Oh, mm. Well, you know what? This conversation is really personal for us. So, you know, whoever's listening or, um, you know, tuning in for this, uh, we're all glad that you're tuning in, but it's just for Mark and I. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because there is a spouse in the house <laughs> or two. <laughs> yeah. And so we've certainly felt the frustration at times, the trying to figure things out out the, Hey, you're infringing upon my space. Mm. Uh, we've, we've really been learning to navigate that ourselves. So, uh, we're glad for whoever else can just eavesdrop on this conversation, but it's really a coaching session, Cynthia, between you <laughs> and Mark. And I just want you to know that. Oh, that's, <laughs> great. that's great. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, every, Every book has a story and I would love to know now you co-authored this with Becky Melby. Why did you and Becky write Spouse in the House? Because we had spouses in our houses. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly it was it was coming out of that idea that we knew that it it didn't have to be uh, that we just put up with it. It didn't have to be that we just tolerated the fact that it seemed like the walls were shrinking or that Mm. in our cases, my husband had been forced into early retirement at 50. Oh, wow. We soon found that was way too soon for, (laughs) for that kind of retirement. I've always worked from home or had ministry out of the home. And all of a sudden there was somebody underfoot at 50. And he soon found that golfing and fishing and hunting was very enjoyable, but it it wasn't everything that it was cracked up to be when you were forced into retirement at 50. So he eventually found a couple of part-time jobs that he did for a while. And now he's in the stage where he's in pretty close to full-on retirement. Becky's husband had been And she and her husband had been talking about retirement for a lot of years and they're kind of got into the semi-retirement stage and then full-on retirement. However, what we were noticing is the things we were experiencing, we'd been experiencing for a lot of years before retirement ever came around, partly because we worked from home. And then even though the book was already written, when a pandemic or something like that should happen and people are forced into close quarters for longer periods of time and maybe with children too, or yeah. there are so many people who have, who share a home office. Now we realize, Oh, this isn't just us. There are a mm-hmm. lot of people. So as we were trying to navigate that ourselves with our own, in our own households, with that idea of, it can be good, right? It doesn't have to be that it's an irritation all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We realized that we were encouraging one another with truths from God's word and with practical ideas and realized there probably are some more people out there too who would appreciate that as well. Mm. 
for sure. You know, I, I think, uh, so many of us will have that image that togetherness is a good thing and bliss. it's bliss. bliss and we'll be so comfortable and we'll get along and then we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, True. what, what went wrong with that? Uh, well, what's at the root of it? What's at the root of that being uncomfortable with one another and what makes that togetherness uncomfortable? I believe it's being human. I think Ah. that's the thing because, because when you think about it, you can trace that to even roommates, college roommates works out Mm -hmm. great for the first few months, maybe. And then all of a sudden, what happened to the sandwich I was going to have for lunch that disappeared out of the refrigerator? Or we have two completely different styles as roommates, college roommates of what, what's the definition of clean and mm-hmm. all of this. So right. I think it really has to do with humans, but then sometimes we let down the common courtesies in marriage because we're married to this person we love. We've committed the rest of our lives to, and if we let down those common courtesies, the common kindnesses and communication glitches get in the way, then we might find ourselves in a situation where this togetherness doesn't have all the aspects of bliss we were hoping for. And we're finding some blisters working their way into the relationship. I love that. From bliss to blisters. Blisters. Yeah. I know uh, for me, I really had to ramp up my sensitivity because I knew that I was really moving in a sense into Jill's world mm-hmm. I, for years, uh, the whole house was her office. And I'm an introvert. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and introverts like to be alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. We love quiet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and us extroverts have to learn how to cooperate with introverts and that we don't always love quiet. In fact, I like to listen to music and Jill's like, can you turn that down? It's, mm. it's annoying me. And so it's like, I can't write a blog post if there's music going on. Right. I cannot do that. Yeah. I can't work on a book if there's music yeah. going on, but if you're doing something like that, you want music to be on. Well, and, uh, and so that whole idea of from bliss to blisters, it's like, we have to really be conscious mm-hmm. and make a decision about how we're going to interact with each other because we truly can have bliss mm-hmm. uh, or we can have blisters. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, um, you know, the, we were just coaching a couple right before we got on this interview with you and they've been married 30 years and they were like, why are we having so many issues? And our wording to them was you've become really sloppy in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You become, you know, you're just taking things for granted and, and that's what you were talking about, right? Cynthia, when you were just saying that, um, that we're just, we, I think we get so at ease with one another that we stop being kind or gentle or careful. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes we, we run into the situation where maybe there's been, there have been issues small or large in our marriages where uh, maybe the woman hasn't felt that she has gotten what she needed, what her heart needed mm-hmm. or vice versa. And so that too can come in. So then we start to fight for what we want. Even if we're not saying it out loud, there's this wrestling match going on in our own hearts too, where, where if I needed space rather than saying, honey, you need some space right now, I would just fume instead mm-hmm. or let it fester underneath instead of having a conversation and respecting each other's needs and boundaries and preferences. And if he, if my husband, for instance, likes to watch television more than I do, sometimes it meant that I would rearrange my time schedule Uh around that, or he would rearrange his. If I'm having an interview like now, I probably should have told him not to run the four-wheeler in the background right outside the window while, while we were interviewing, but I didn't think about that. But the, those things that we're adjusting for and rearranging around all the time, um, it's not that we're giving in to that, but we're respecting one another's needs. We're, we're taking a look at, uh, I realize he needs this rest time in the afternoon. And he gets so much joy out of that, a rest time every afternoon. And I'm go, go, go until the end of the day when I crash then. But not taking a look at that and saying he's wrong and I'm right, but saying this is what he needs and this is what I need. How are we going to make that work? How are we going to work around that? In our particular situation, part of it meant an actual real life remodeling. We had, mm. had in our home, we had had this four square American, four square American, I think that's what they're called, home that has a uh, four basically the same sized rooms on the first floor, second floor, and a chimney that went from the basement through the first floor, through the second floor, through the attic, up through the roof. That meant that at the bottom of the stairs to the second floor of this old, old, old farmhouse, we had 18 inches of walk space, which isn't to code in any country. Right. I don't believe. <laughs> um, so, but we've lived in this house. I love to move. My husband does not. So we've lived here for 44 years. Mm. And the that walk space then was a one-way traffic for all those years, even when we had small kids, toddlers, when each of us had an operation that necessitated crutches or a walker or something. Oh my goodness. That, that was an irritation spot, a pinch point in our marriage, as well as in just the flow of the house. The day came when we got a new furnace that wasn't going to need that chimney And it wasn't all that long ago that we tore the chimney down and made an open plan and so much space. I could drive my tractor if I wanted to (laughs) from the kitchen into the dining room, into the office. That pinch point was at the point of the bottom of the stairs, the kitchen flow to the dining room and my office. All of that was affected by it. Mm. When we made that actual physical change, it changed things, but something had to change in us first before Mm. I think the Lord was ready to allow us to have that remodeling. Um, And that was that we had done this single file thing, but usually with a sigh or with a, 
yeah. kind of attitude. And yep. one day my husband just decided that instead of saying, excuse me, he would say, excuse me, my love. <gasps> and he added that little term of endearment at the end of that, excuse me, the excuse me was wonderful because he wasn't just barreling his way through. Sure. But that little term of endearment meant so much to me. And it turned it into something where that pinch point became almost like walking under the mistletoe. Right. Whereas it was a sweet spot. Yep. And then God said, okay, now you can have your wide open spaces because you learned how to navigate this with kindness and courtesy and caring about one another. Yeah. And then, oh, Cynthia. I love that. I love that too. And what that illustrates is sometimes all we need is the tiniest tweak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, all he did was added two words, Mm -hmm. but those two words informed his heart. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And yours. And Mm -hmm. touched yours. So it, Mm -hmm. yeah. So. Powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. That mm. that is very cool. And I love that it was when you had the heart change, um, you were able then really to probably even better navigate the house change. Oh, definitely. So in fact, we had a lot of time together while we were working on the house and filling in the spot in the floor that had been left empty where a chimney had been. It's an mm-hmm. old floor with old maple floorboards. My husband, uh, a tree had fallen in our north yard 25 years ago. My husband, the scavenger, had saved the wood from that tree and and had it made into boards and saved that out in the machine shed for 25 years. And when we went to replace the floorboards, we used that wood to patch in with the rest of the floor. And it, it turned out beautifully, but we were kneeling down side by side, working to try to figure this out and how to get old burnt floorboards out because they'd had a fire at one time that we didn't know about uh, the previous owners and um, patch that in and measure and sand. And Mm. when he would pry something up, I would be there with the shop vac to try to vacuum out all the, the dirt and the sawdust and everything underneath. So even the process of making that change Yes. It took the mm-hmm. both of us. It took the both of us, which I think there was a big, powerful life lesson in that as well. Oh, yeah. no kidding. Oh, yeah. So powerful. Yeah. So um, let's uh, turn the corner to some real practicals of when couples need to spend more time together. Uh, what are some initial conversations that you need to have with your spouse in the beginning about expectations, dealing with time, space, boundaries, all of that. Let's talk about some practicals that a couple can do if they are already spending time together or they find out they're, or, you know, they're, they're beginning. They're going to. to. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We often liken it, Becky and I, I both have talked often about the idea that we, there's plenty of, or not plenty, but there's preparation before marriage, mm-hmm. there's premarital mm-hmm. counseling. They talk about everything from are we going to have children or not, and how many, and who's going to handle the finances, who will be writing the checks, which doesn't happen much anymore. It, it's a different mm-hmm. method. Who's going to be on the computer to figure out our finances? All those things that we do before marriage, but there, and there is 
financial discussion that often happens between a couple when they're preparing for retirement. Let's use that as an example. But very little emotional or practical workings out of how are we going to navigate this? Are you going to empty the dishwasher now sometimes because you're home more, you have a little more free time? Or and in in both Becky's and my situation, the wife kept working and the husband had retired. But the husband had retired from a job that he then felt what he was given as a gift in retirement then was the freedom to not have to have a big list of chores, not have to have that. So now we're navigating is what I'm asking of my husband, something that he was happy to give up. Funny Mm -hmm. story, because this is one of the things that we have found is that if we don't find the humor in the relationship, we're going to (laughs) wind up. Yeah. Tanking pretty fast, but (laughs) it it wasn't until I think we'd been married 27 or 28 years. It's been much longer than that now, but that um, I asked my husband, my husband, if he would kindly clean the toilet. Okay. And I expected to need to teach him how to do that. And he said, oh no, that's been part of my job at work every day. I said, for 27 years and you never told me that you knew how to clean a toilet. Okay. Okay. Good to know though. I know you have this skill. This is wonderful. But so sometimes it's that division of labor. Who's going to do what the typically, no matter who it is, that's going to your home a lot. Let's, it might be that both working from home, you're seeing things that you maybe didn't see before that you're now both working from home or you're retired. You're aware of certain needs. You might have ex- had expectations or the bottom line of it is every single thing needs to be talked about, not all in one big meeting, because that would overwhelm just about anybody. Right. But over the course of time, everything would need to be talked about. What time are you comfortable getting up in the morning now that our situation is the way it is now? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that different? If it is, what are we going to do about it? Is one of us going to, are we going to like one week we'll, we'll get up at the time you want to. And the next week we'll change. No, that doesn't work too awfully well because, because of our circadian rhythms, Mm -hmm. but figuring out, okay, that's great. I'll make my own breakfast. You sleep in because that's what you prefer. Or it might flip to an, then there'll be something else within the relationship where we'll realize um, I don't have the appetite for television that you do. So part of our budget will include some great Bose noise canceling headphones for me. And I'll happily knit or or write blog posts or something else while you're watching your favorite shows. We we realized early on that. To him, basketball is just a joy to watch on television. To me, it the squeaky sneakers on the floor is like bamboo shoots underneath the, the oh, like, yeah. fingernails. So, but once we understood that and we could talk about it, not yes. talking about it as if we're throwing dodgeballs at one another, mm-hmm. but instead talking about it because this is where our situation is. What adjustments can we make? If you think about just about any other pinch point, let's use that again, in life, let's say there's a um, 
there's a propensity for one of our children. Maybe one of our children has dyslexia. Mm -hmm. We can either say, oh, that's awful. Or we can find ways to compensate. Mm -hmm. All right. This is what we will do. So in our marriage, we can either look at a pinch point and say, oh, that's awful. Or we can find ways to compensate. And if we are Mm. creative in finding those ways to compensate and in honor preferring one another, we're going to find that that not only smooths out those rough places in those conversations, we have to have those real practical conversations. Are you going to still be the one to pay the bills or would you like me to do that now? I have more time. You are more skilled, which makes more sense. Let's have the one who's most skilled at it do it. And instead, I'll in in exchange, not a f- even Stephen exchange, but just because you're handling that, I'll handle this. Mm. Um, and oftentimes, it's it's conversations, very practical conversations too, about how much free time do you need? Does how much free time does your soul require? Uh, what do you want your mm-hmm. quiet time with the Lord to look like? Is that something we can share together in the same room? Or is yours going to be full of music and mine's going to be very quiet? So then we'll have our quiet times alone, but we'll come back together to pray together in the evenings or to pray together in the mornings before we start our day. Uh, My husband mm-hmm. and I have devotions together every morning on the days when I'm up early enough to make him breakfast. And then we pray together at night, but that praying together at night, together at night, together, lots mm-hmm. of togethers in there togetherness. Yeah. That's the subject. <laughs> yeah. I, I, my heart longed for it for 24 years before it happened. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I forced it, it wasn't going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. So I told Jesus. Lord, I would really love to have an evening prayer time with my husband, just a short prayer time with my husband. I would really love that. And year after year passed without that happening. And there were times when I would try to take it in my own hands and and fail miserably. And then the day came when out of the blue, he asked if we could pray together at the end of the evening. And now that is a, has become a routine that has been one of the greatest blessings in my life. One of my favorite mm. spots is sitting beside him on the couch with my head on his shoulder, listening to his heartbeat, and then listening to the, his words of prayer or mine. We, we kind of take turns doing that, and the Lord has really bonded us together in that way. But that was another thing we needed to talk about very practically. What's our... What's our spiritual life look like together if we have a right. lot of time in the same space? Right. Ah, yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, a couple of things come to my mind as you've been sharing some of these things that we need to talk about is one of the things uh, it becomes every married couple struggles with differences because we're very Mm -hmm. different people, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just talked about lots of places where we can be very different Mm -hmm. and if we're not careful, those differences look um, wrong to us, or we right. can label them as wrong. Um, instead of, I know that you really enjoy watching television, we can say you watch entirely too much television. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, I know early in marriage, as I was learning how to deal with differences, I often would say to myself, he's not wrong. He's just different. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's just different. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm thinking that that is a, a phrase that probably needs to be resurfaced when right. there's a spouse in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not wrong. She's just different. And that is going to help us to honor those differences and recognize that God made us very different people and we can learn to work with those differences. Right. Yeah. So true that the one flesh idea doesn't mean that I don't have my own fingernails and my own hair. It, it, the one flesh is a deep uh, it's a deep soul connection, mm-hmm. but we still have our own ideas and opinions. The things that make that are entertainment to me may not be to him. We have our our favorite means of recreating, and part of that will be that we join the other person and then maybe discover that we like their recreation as well. Mm-hmm. I I know one of my husband's passions is watching baseball and Mm. our national, our team was doing pretty well this year. So I knew that if I wanted to be with him in the evenings, there would be baseball, Mm. but my heart had resisted it for a long time. Mm. And then this year I decided I'm going to find what I connect with in this. And I connected with the stories. I connected even with the stats I connected with the mm. great victories that came when it looked like all was lost because mm. I love a good redemption story. So I began to find what it was in his enjoyment, his recreation that I liked too. And That's all neat. of yeah. a sudden I'm cheering for the team. One night he went to bed early before the game was over and I left the game on. In the morning, I said, you will not believe the move that the short base shortstop made in that last couple of minutes of the, I I just, it was so exciting and here, I'll find it for you. And I found that scene on the computer and showed it to him and played it for him. And he stood back and said, you just made me so happy. Oh, Oh. that's so neat. Yeah. Did that cost me much? It didn't cost me much at all. No, but it lifted his heart and it blessed yeah. him. That's the kind of thing. If we're, if we just take a, if we're re- rearranging our attitudes about these things, yes. we're going to find that it makes a huge difference. And like you said, Jill, often it doesn't take much, not much right. of a tweak. Right. Yeah. I, I think uh, just as we, in a sense, calm down and step into one another's world and respect it. And try to find, like what you said, try to find our place in it, or in your case, the story. And uh, it can be enjoyable. I, I believe Jill and I both have have made definite changes in that way. Mm-hmm. I would agree. The other thing that came to my mind as you were talking about, um, you know, being one flesh, but also being separate and being individuals mm-hmm. within marriage and um, needing maybe some space away from each other mm-hmm. um, because you have your own life too. Right. Um, and if you are married to an introvert uh, and you're not an introvert yourself, that introvert needs space. Mm-hmm. And that space is their filling station. Mm-hmm. It's where they pull up and they get emotionally refueled so they can be there for you. But one thing that we have navigated in our mm-hmm. relationship is that 
when you didn't understand that, because Mark's mm. an extrovert, I'm an introvert. When when Mark didn't understand that, he took that space as rejection. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that that can happen when suddenly you're either working together, you're in retirement, and one of you is saying, I need some space. And the other one is not understanding that that isn't about them. Right. That's not about I right. need space away from you. You. Right. It's right. about I need space to fill me up. Mm-hmm. Right. It gives them permission to really take care of themselves. And it gives us in a sense, permission to not take things personal that really aren't about us. Right. To be comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing to me that we, we, we might talk about love languages and gifts and our particular spiritual giftings or our individual gifts and, and needs and, and desires, but some, and sometimes even just learning styles. If we Mm -hmm. think about the other person's learning style, it might be completely different than our own. Yes. And when I, when I came to realize, and it was, I I don't even want to admit how far into marriage I was when I started (laughs) to realize this, but I think quickly and in three point plans, I just, Mm -hmm. that's how they come out of my mouth. And And my husband, I came to realize, loves to have three days to ponder. Mm. So if I was ex- if I was accepting his silence as, oh, that's a no, huh? Okay, well, right. here's the reasons why it needs to be a yes. Instead, if I would allow him the space, introduce the idea, and then say, I'll check back with you in a couple of days and see how you feel about it. Yes. About that idea. That was so much smoother for our relationship. If we both had been the kind of people that needed to ponder for a long time, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. both were the kind of people that thought fast and had an instant reaction, we probably have World War Three. But right. realizing how each other even processes information and being respectful of that makes a huge difference too. Change. Yes everything for us. It was no longer my idea against his idea is what do we think about this idea? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're really functioning and operating as a team. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I mean, okay. What does God's word say about this? Let's, what does God's word say about so many of the things that we've been talking about here? Because really our faith can come into play mm-hmm. in this and needs to come into play. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I I was convicted, I have to say, but in a very good way, by the idea that so much of what God had to say in his word that had to do with any kind of other relationship, church relationship, re- our relationship with the Lord, relationship mm-hmm. with family members, with people, with our enemies, everything. Mm -hmm. So much of what he says, if we look for what he's saying to marriages in that verse, we're going to find it. Yep. Mm. Because for, for one thing, I, another conviction thing here, it's confession time here, I guess tonight, but (laughs) is that 
I really had to intentionally realize that my husband was not just my husband. He was my brother in Christ. Um, Mm. How would I treat a brother in Christ in this particular situation? Or if we disagreed on this item, or if I was looking for space, or I was looking for Uh, something that I thought was going to fulfill me in this particular arena or looking for a kind word. How would I treat a brother in Christ? Because he's both my spouse and my brother in Christ. I know in not every marriage can they say that, and that has its own set of complications too. But once I did and realized that what's happening in our household, what's happening in our family, where are we butting heads? God has something to say about it. Not, I wonder if he does. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what would what might that be? Uh, one of my favorites is from Philippians um, two when it talked, and it's really interesting to picture it in this light. If it's okay if I share this, yeah, yeah. please. As considering it having to do with marriage, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having Mm. the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests only, but each of you to the interests of the others. Mm. Your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I knew that well in regard to other relationships and mm-hmm. within the church. But when I began to apply that sort of thing to, to my relationship with my husband, it made a huge difference. The gems are there for the taking. They're laying all over the pages of scripture. Yeah, And God is inviting us to come see what he has to say about marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love that. that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So very, very powerful. Mm. Oh, Cynthia, this has been delightful. Thank yes. you so much for taking time to share your journey and the wisdom, the harder mm-hmm. wisdom that yeah. you've learned yeah. along that journey. Thank you yeah. for the confessions too, because <laughs> honestly, they lead all of us to, uh, we all have those those challenges in relationship. And for many of us, they're the same. And so I appreciate you taking the lead in that. Yeah. Thank you. I think it also gives hope because knowing that there are couples that have been together for many, many years that didn't have it all ironed out in week one. Right. gives, gives hope to those who are walking through it now. Absolutely. It really does. It does. So Cynthia, where's the best place that people can learn more about you, your books, um, pick up spouse in the house? Where can they find you online? They can find me probably the best way is my website, which is CynthiaRookty.com. Not an easy name to spell or pronounce, Mm. but they can reach the very same website through HemmedInHope.com. That will go. It will divert right to that very same website and all the information about the books, how to get onto the social media connections with me or Mm -hmm. sign up for the newsletter, all those things they can find in that one spot. Okay. Well, the name of the book again is Spouse in the House, uh, Rearranging Our Attitudes to Make Room for Each Other. So important. Mm, Cynthia, would you be willing to close us in prayer? I'd be happy to. 
Father God, we are so grateful that you did not abandon us in our relationships, but rather that you wanted to be in the very center, that you chose to be in the very center and invited us to come and join you in that. We thank you, Lord, for the time that we have had together to look at a just a different angle, maybe, of what you've been speaking to, to various hearts in this special time now, but in a time when many of us have found ourselves for work reasons or any other reasons in a, in a, what seems like too tight situation. Lord God, author of our faith and author of the concept of marriage, we ask you now to take us on in whatever you want us to individually gain from the discussion that we've had together that little fine point Uh or that major point Mm -hmm. that you would like us to muse on a little bit more and, and find you there, discover you in the middle of it. We open ourselves up and surrender ourselves to what you want. Continue to speak to us even after this time closes. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, the Redeemer of everything, including relationships, we ask this. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships. Mm-hmm.